Welcome to the 241st episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Ben Adams, author of the novel The Enigmatologist. And just one note about this interview, it was originally recorded several years ago um, for a variety of reasons. I'm just releasing it now, but I did, did want to make that note in terms of the timing of the interview. Stay tuned for my interview with Ben Adams, author of The Enigmatologist. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Ben Adams, author of the novel The Enigmatologist. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you. Well, can you read two or three pages from your debut novel, The Enigmatologist? Yeah, of course. Um, so... This is basically from uh, chapter two. Um, uh, the first chapter, uh, just to fill in the blanks, um, the first chapter, our uh, protagonist, John, is hired by the National Enquirer to investigate an Elvis sighting. And this chapter starts with him uh, at home, just kind of reflecting and doing a little bit of uh, research. That night, John sat at the kitchen table in his apartment, sipping a PBR Tallboy, looking at the Elvis picture. He had reprinted it several times and uploaded it to his phone. Something wasn't right about the picture. Something that struck John as odd, bothered him, made him feel uneasy. Whoever had taken it didn't know how to use a camera and hadn't focused the lens, leaving the image blurred, just an impression of the moment. And John's eyes glazed over, trying to make out the details, the big hair, a bloated belly. He couldn't tell if it really was Elvis or just some guy with the misfortune of having a pompadour. But through the haze of magnification and an unfocused lens, a man stood on a deck, his legs shoulder-width apart, one arm in the air, slightly blurred in captured motion. Is he waving? John spent the next several hours researching Elvis' conspiracies. As expected, the internet proved to be a reliable resource for contradictory and unbelievable information. There were conspiracy theories connecting Elvis to organized crime, Richard Nixon, the DEA, theories about extraterrestrials being present at Elvis's birth, Elvis helping Michael Jackson fake his death, Elvis and Michael Jackson living in Ecuador with new identities courtesy of the Illuminati. Having studied puzzles, their logical design and rules, John saw the loose connections forming these beliefs. He also recognized the places where those connections frayed and split from reality. The National Enquirer had a reputation for attracting believers of all ilk, people who accepted modern myths like boy bands praying to the Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot having a Dallas Cowboys-themed man cave, or Elvis being alive. John flipped the, flipped the photo several times, deciding not to get caught in someone's fantasy. Great. Well, if someone listening hasn't heard about the enigmatologist yet, how would you describe your novel? Um, I would describe it as a fun, quirky um, detective story that uh, veers towards uh, science fiction as well. And do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing the enigmatologist? Yeah. So I was having this conversation um, uh, several years ago about how uh, when I was younger, I remember seeing uh, at the uh, newsstand at the grocery store, 
uh, the National Enquirer, Weekly World News, uh, all those magazines, and how their covers were dominated by stories about Elvis sightings or the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot or uh, just general general urban myths. And now nowadays it's all celebrity gossip. And I was just thinking that it's really kind of a shame that a lot of these myths are no longer getting perpetuated uh, in the grocery stores anymore. And I started thinking about, well, how would they verify these? I mean, obviously it's pure entertainment and uh, all the stories are, are, are that they were publishing are fictional, but you know, just my writer's mind started thinking, well, who is the person that would have to verify these stories? Like what type of, uh, mentality goes into, into investigating these. And, uh, I just started writing a short story about it. Um, about a, a guy who was hired by the national Enquirer to investigate an Elvis sighting. And then uh, I was encouraged to turn that into a book. Great. Well, as I mentioned, The Enigmatologist is your first novel. Um, what was your writing journey like before you wrote this novel? Have you always wanted to write fiction, and did you start out with short stories? Um, so, yeah, my, my journey is a little, little bit interesting. Um, I was a professional musician for a long time. Uh, and when I graduated high school, I could have studied uh, music or I could have studied creative writing, and I chose music instead because of that instant gratification you get uh, when you're performing in front of an audience. Um, you know, writing's a little bit different in that you can spend, especially with a novel, you can spend, you know, years before you know what the uh, audience reaction is going to be. Um, but yeah, about 2008, I got really burnt out on music and decided to take a break from it. But um you know, I was kind of listless and, and really irritated and I re, re, during that time. And I realized it's because I didn't have a creative outlet. So I started writing again. And um, I started with short stories. Um, and since then, it's been, um, I, think I, I think I spent like a year writing a bunch of really, really terrible short stories. <laughs> uh, and I, I took, you know, took some writing classes uh, in the Bay Area and yeah, but since then it's been mostly novels, uh, a couple of short stories here and there. Um, but yeah, yeah, mostly, mostly novels. Sure. Well, the enigmatologist involves conspiracy theories, as you mentioned, H have you always been interested in conspiracy theories? You know, I'm more interested in what, um, what makes people believe in conspiracy theories, you know, like what makes people, uh, like like in the passage that that I just read, uh, connect loosely connect uh, loose threads that that really shouldn't be connected. You know, I'm, I'm <clears throat> it's, it's it's more a fascination with what um, what would cause someone to believe in something that is purely spec speculative, something that is not based in fact at all. And so I used the book uh, as a way to kind of ex kind of uh, explore that a little bit, as well as as well as uh, satirize it too. Sure. So, were there any favorite conspiracy theories that you wanted to include but didn't fit for the novel? 
Um, oh, that's a good good one. Uh, there's so many. Uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, monster myths that I think are great. I think the, like the New Jersey Devil is one, and then there's like uh, the Minnesota Batman who's like this flying bat that lives under a bridge. But if, if you look at pictures of it, it's really just a, uh, a trash bag that got caught in the wind. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, st- stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wish I would have been able to include, but it didn't really work with, with the world that was, was being built as I wrote the book. Sure. So did you do a lot of research about Elvis theories? Yeah. Yeah. I did a lot of research about Elvis, a lot of research about, uh, how to build puzzles. Um, the Elvis theories are, are really fascinating. I mean, um, there actually is a, uh, a theory that, or he, he actually believed that, um, aliens were present at his death, not at his death, sorry, at his birth, uh, <laughs> that like he was, while his mom was giving birth to him, uh, a UFO buzzed, uh, where, wherever it was that he was being born. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so so what, what advice would you have for aspiring writers who might be listening and are interested in writing their own novels or short stories just based on your own experience? Um, have people read it uh, at various steps along the way. Uh, it's always great to have beta readers who will give you uh, honest, uh, honest feedback. Uh, write every day. Uh, you know, I try to approach it as, as a job, a really, really fun job and sometimes a really difficult job. But, uh, if you have that, um, blue collar, uh, work mentality, you know, you'll, you'll get a lot of, you'll make a lot of progress. Uh, and also just to be patient, uh, novels take a long time to write. They take a long time to get right. Uh, you know, I think I've, I worked on my book for five years. Uh, there, there was the novel, the goldfinch that won the Pulitzer prize a couple of years ago. Uh, that author, she took 10 years to write that book. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's not something that, that happens overnight. You know, when I, uh, first started writing this book, um, I thought, yeah, one year I'll be done. And, uh, it'll be a New York times bestseller. And, after about a year, I realized, oh man, I had no, what was I thinking? <laughs> this is going to take way longer. Great. Well, um, earlier you mentioned um, this period when you first started going back to, to writing and you said you spent a year writing bad short stories. So mm-hmm. looking back on that and reflecting, what was bad about them? Uh, I just, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh and again, it was the, it was being impatient. You know, I thought, I thought that I could just sit down and just crank something out. Uh, and most of them had absolutely no plot, no, uh, the, the characters were really flat. The dialogue was, um, was, was just awful. Uh, yeah, and it's 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 just uh, something that I think everybody, every writer, ha- every writer goes through. You know, you you realize that that there's that there's a, a certain craft that comes with writing. There are certain um, 
certain principles that you have to that you have to master. And, and what was your what was your process to to get better and improve on those areas? How did you do it? Uh, I took a lot of classes, uh, and I read a lot, and I, 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 mean, I still read a lot. You know, every writer reads. Um, yeah, a lot of study. You know, still, uh, you know, I'll be reading a book, and I'll think, oh, well, how did El Doctoro uh, do this? How did uh, Ray Bradbury handle this uh, scene? Um, how does Don DeLeo deal with his dialogue? You know, when I read, uh, you know, guys like that or other writers, um, I'll sit there and I'll dissect their work. Yeah, right now, um, I'm really into uh, Daniel Woodrell, who wrote Winter's Bone mm-hmm. um, and a bunch of other great books. And I'll just sit there and I'll copy out his sentences and dissect them and figure out how, um, how he constructs them. So when you sit down to write, are there ever days that you need to do something to jumpstart the writing process for yourself? Uh, yeah, pretty much every day. <laughs> uh, it takes, you know, it takes uh, a while. It, it probably takes me about like half an hour to really get the creative juices flowing. Uh, and yeah, Sometimes it'll vary. It'll vary day to day what I'll do uh, to get that going. Um, sometimes I'll just dive right in to what I'm working on. I'll reread what I had written the um, the day before and edit that and rewrite that stuff. Some days I'll start with a short story um, that I might be working on, uh, and uh, yeah, and just try to use that as a springboard for. Um, for what for the novel when I eventually get to that during the day. Sure. So, are there books and authors that inspire your own writing? Yeah, um, Daniel Woodrell, who I just mentioned, Don DeLeo is a huge, huge influence. Uh, I love his work. Um, uh, Ray Bradbury uh, has always been uh, a big influence on me. Um, Cormac McCarthy. There was a period where I was just like early, um, maybe about like four years ago. I think I was just just reading Cormac McCarthy's books. Uh, who else? For humor, Christopher Moore. I think he's really great. Uh, George Saunders. Yeah, guys like that. Gotcha. So, are you working on another novel now? Yeah, I'm working on the follow-up book. Uh, the Enigmatologist is planned as a trilogy and I'm working on the second book right now. I've been working on it probably off and on for about the past year. Uh, and it's, it'll probably take another five years to get it to where it's uh, readable. <laughs> so, so where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you or your novel? Uh, binadams.net is my website and there's links to Twitter, Facebook, um, Instagram, Links to uh, Amazon where you can read samples of the book. Uh, yeah. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Ben Adams, author of The Enigmatologist. The book is available as an ebook on all the major ebook stores Amazon, Nook, Apple iBooks, and Kobo. And Ben, thanks for doing this interview. All right. Thank you, Jeff.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.